what would it take for another artist to launch a Kanye level tastemaker fashion career, but that other artist is Pitbull? Dale. Like, what would it consist of? What would the what would we be talking about? Like, are we are are we talking about fabrics? Are we talking about vibes? Are we talking about silhouettes? All of the above, baby. Recently, I feel like he's been on, like he's been in his fucking his men's warehouse era. <laughs> I was gonna say his like black baggy suit bag kind of, but they're not like actually baggy. They're just like sort of like I don't know. They they look sick on him, but I I don't know if it's advisable. So like I feel like we would have to play with that a little bit. Hmm. I have no idea where where the city of Miami stands on the on the white short pants, but like, right? Like, we got to come out with like you can't do other colors because mm-hmm. that would be betraying that be betraying the ouvoir. But like, I think I don't even know if I said that right. No, but uh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I don't do French, but I know, I know how to like, I know how to spell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the important part. But I think that like you could do a few different fabrications. So it's like obviously a linen, but then like I think like a crisp like white gabardine would be kind of sick. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we do like something that's like a little meshy, not all the way see through, just a little meshy. I think you just have to like there have to be like white ripped skinny jeans in there, you know, for the dirt bags. I think some that's moto important. knees. Oh yeah. But imagine, imagine that would flip the moto he- the moto knee thing on its head. If it was a pitbull sponsored moto knee, people would go crazy for that. It would be like, I think there's a way to do it where it's like, there's the irony of pitbull, and then also I think you have to have a line of like, of like negligee for <laughs> older ladies. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> I guess I'm not. I wish I knew like the pitbull cross section a little bit more more in detail because like outerwear or just like even top layer wise, like I don't know what we're dealing with outside of a poorly fitting jacket. Um, although I guess it's not that poorly fitting. Like it's just like a normal fitting jacket. It's just, there's, we need a cowboy hat. Oh yeah. Boots. Yeah. I just, I think his, his fan base is pretty, is pretty uh, expansive because it's like, teenagers like white teenagers ironically um like i think you know middle-aged women totally unironically and uh and then a certain dirt bag you know a certain like miami dirt bag and i think you could make things for all of these people so what is the foam runner like equivalent to the Dale footwear, like what, like what injected mold footwear are we doing for the foot? Like, cause those look like fucking hooves. I'm never going to get off that. Like people look like Mr. Mm-hmm. Fucking Tumnus. Um, but what are like, like, or like, what are the easy shades version of, of the Pitbull of the Pitbull extended clothing universe? Wow. Uh, yeah, you need, I think you got to have, yeah, you have to have some really incredible collab. Um, <laughs> you got to have your, your, your all white Sperry topsider collab. I don't know. Okay. Yes. No, that works. <laughs> maybe, maybe get momentum. eyewear, whatever that movement movement. The, oh yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they bought their own factory. Uh, maybe get them involved in some mm-hmm. capacity. No, I mean like, 
it's hard to know what lane to choose, but I think there's something here. You could also do like the kind of like knit button up polo vibe. Like I, that's kind of in the extended pit bull aesthetic. You could also harken back to his early 2000s, like 305 shit, you know, and he was kind of more rap. I mean, the problem with this is like the dexterity required basically corners Zara as the only possible partner. Um, <laughs> But also, by the way, I think we're, I think that's like, that's where we're living anyway. Um, the knit polos are important. I don't know. Like, I think that's like what Pitbull is wearing when he's like dramatically exiting a vehicle. Yeah. Vehicle not specified. It could be a watercraft. It could be an aircraft. Yeah. A landcraft. I don't know if that's what we call cars. If you're Pitbull. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then I also think there's probably some speaking of craft, some some uh, collaboration as far as as a vehicle is concerned. I don't know if you like oh. jump into the cigarette boat world or the jet ski world, but uh, I know Supreme already did Sea but yeah, it's like I, that's off the table. A pit bull, a pit bull exclusive jet ski. <laughs> yeah, stand up, stand up jet ski. Wow, count me in. That would go crazy. And then just like imagine the hype around the. Anything, any Pitbull collab would be like on either end of the spectrum would be so like the circus that Kanye has to create by doing stunts would just exist by Pitbull throwing his cowboy hat in whatever discipline he wants to choose. Like, wait, he did what? (laughs) You know, the Pitbull plant flea market happy meal. Um, yeah, he's, uh, Oh, get my man his happy meal. Come on. We got to get, we got to give chronological clues as to when these were recorded. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> other the people are like, oh yeah, that was the cactus plant week. I think the merch or like the, not the merch, like the fucking, like the, the usables, not the wearables is where Pitbull will really shine. Oh, ultimately like, you know, it's like, I would want to create like an entire fishing line. I don't know if he fishes, but like, I do think that you could shoot some sick deep sea editorial content. Wow. Uh, uh, with him and like then really lean, lean into that Mr. Worldwide shit. Like maybe we do a wetsuit and a scuba tank. Yeah, there's something there. I really think there's something there because when, when people, when people just let people talk, you know, when he, when they just let him go off, it's like, this man is not so, di- I mean, like he's like less aggressive than a Kanye West, but he has big ideas for folks out there wondering a- Albert really likes Pitbull. <laughs> I love Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I believe in him and I believe in this company that we are about to be an integral part of. Welcome back to Blowout. It is me, your one of your hosts, Albert Muskies, and the lovely Reed Nelson. Reed, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm caffeinated. I am extremely caffeinated right now. I've had uh, like a Cuban coffee, so I'm like buzzing. Is that a is that stronger than a, than a, than an American coffee? I think so. It just feels that way. Or a Turkish coffee, as David was David was discussing with us last week. Yeah, I don't know where it's I don't know where it stands in the world of foreign coffee uh strengths, but it feels up there. Um 
So uh, just apropos of just not much at all, or I guess of shoes you own, um, I did see my first pair of Adidas Wales Bonners out in the wild, and I saw them in a movie. Could you? Would you care to guess what? Not like someone in the movie theater. Could you? You think you could guess what movie I was seeing? It was his last week, so it wasn't Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It was Don't Worry, Darling. That's correct. Got him. Ding, ding, ding. You got, got it. Him. That, that was the hippest young crowd I've ever seen at a movie. Was that any good? No. <laughs> it, I, I, I could, I could, if you saw it, I could really talk about it for an hour. I, it's that's what people it, come to us for. Yeah, <laughs> you guys want to hear my "Don't Worry, Darling" shit, right? It's no, it's, I, it's, it's interesting because I think it's ultimately a failure of a film, but. It, it, the, the, like some of the ideas behind it are actually, they're not the most exciting ever, but it's really in there. There's some interesting stuff that happens and it's so fun to be like, if I were doing this, how would I have done it differently? Okay. I respect that. I respect that review. How are the clothes? Um, not fashion forward. Well, no, I mean, it's all like very fifties. I mean, Chris Pine looks great and everything. And I think that, but it's not like it's, it's not really going to push the envelope or anything. It's just kind of like what we've been seeing, like knit polos and kind of classic suiting. And, uh, I think Chris Pine had probably the best wardrobe. Harry Styles was just kind of like, I don't know. He just is like a, he's a whole lot of nothing from that guy in this movie. Just a whole lot of nothing. It didn't compare to Rumble in the Bronx when it came to the wardrobe. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of this movie like not even really noticing what people were wearing. Unlike Rumble in the Bronx, where you cannot, you cannot help but notice. <laughs> that unitard look is so sick. Mm-hmm. How did you like the, the Wales Bonners? In per- which color did you see, the white or the red? Or were they the old ones? I, uh, I saw the red ones in person. Red ones. Red ones are good. They can be fucked up easy. But they're good. What are, are they canvas? What are they made of? So it's like a suede, like a super rough out suede toe box. And like, I think on the heel tab also. And then it's like a nylon, like a soft nylon. Okay. Elsewhere. Yeah, those are cool. They're good. They're good. I keep like thinking I'm going to swap out the laces. Like I have the striped ones in there and I'm just like, I'll just go with the fucking regular ones. But I haven't yet. They look a little bit like a Keebler elf made a. Uh, an adidas you know particularly the white and greens yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no i like like i look like i'm i'm questing for a pot of gold but like it's a side hustle like that's the side hustle like that's the side quest um it's not my main gig yeah adidas Uh, adidas finally got rid of their child labor abroad but they brought on keebler elves yeah (laughs) you know like it looks like i'm available if a rainbow comes but they're not like consistently waiting on the rainbow I like them. I like the, I got the handballs. I love those. Oh, the ones we've been talking about, the special. Yeah, those came through and so did the uh, Tom Sachs general purpose after, after you got them. So yeah, they ended up finally, uh, finally landing, which was, I I had given up. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't know you were trying to get them. Yeah, I was, I just wasn't, I didn't put too much stock into the request. So I hadn't, I hadn't. Wait, who'd uh, you request from? Don't you worry. Don't you worry about who I'm asking my things from. All right. Uh, I think the viewers at home would agree that it's kind of messed up that Reed hasn't ever uh, hooked it up for me. 
Um, but I was at, okay, I don't know if I can, I can probably say this. I don't think anyone's going to hear this that was at this party, but I was at a party. Celebs were present, exciting, cloudy, cool. I'll tell you who they were <laughs> later. But I was at this incredibly fast paced celebrity party. It's just my lifestyle here. Yeah. And so you're there doing was, on the weekends now? <laughs> yeah. Fuck that weekdays now. <laughs> and there was, uh, there's a really good taco truck there, really good tacos. And um, was this a house party? This was a house party, yeah. They had a taco truck. Yeah, they just had a, they just have like a taco truck park on the street, and it's free for the open 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 taco truck. Open taco. That's different than open bar. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's maybe even more dangerous. <laughs> when do you stop? I mean, uh, I guess biologically, you get the you get the hint, but like, yeah. But if you're just like drinking, yeah, and it's a big enough house. You can you can take pit stops unknowingly <laughs> to the guests. You know, and just find a, find a quiet space. Uh yeah you like but if yeah you keep drinking you're like oh I'll get two more empanadas de camarón I'm just gonna go I'll get some fucking ceviche now like you're just on one but anyways so I saw a woman wearing the Tom Sachs shoes and you know I'm I've just been like trying to like I just try I'm like trying to speak just like have conversation with more strangers and I feel like talking about someone's cool item of clothing is always a good in and I was like hey love those shoes they're so sick. And I don't want to reveal her connection, but she reveals that she's very connected to the Tom Sachs shoemaking endeavor. And I'm like, wow. So she'd been given them and that's, that's crazy. I was thinking how cool they were. And then later on in the night, like after I talked to her a few times, it's like we're developing a rapport. I was like, how does an uninitiated, an uninitiated, unconnected young man get a pair of those? And she was like, oh, well, you know, you just, there's like a list or something. You just, I think you just, I think they're, I think they're in stores, you know, they're just all over the place. They're really easy to get. I'm like, no. And it was like when you asked, like when, in the rest of development, when they asked Lucille Bluth, like how much a loaf of bread costs or whatever. <laughs> how much could a banana cost? $10? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're not in that. You don't, you, yeah. She's like, they're just, they're called general purpose shoes or something so they're just you know you can get them wherever and so did you see though that they showed up at like Kohl's I know but there's only one Kohl's in California that has them and it's like by yeah, Sacramento gone. yeah yeah but uh no I mean I feel like everyone will get a shot at them like they doesn't seem like they're they're like it does seem like there is like a concerted effort to like roll these things out but they're good I, I recommend I highly recommend oh yeah <laughs> yeah highly Great, recommend. cool thank you um so uh cool well you know i'm just i'm i'm just out here uh uh waiting Wait, waiting for waiting my ship to come in shoes. i i was de- if uh andrew andrew listens right jen yeah sometimes i think yeah okay andrew if you're listening i was i was dming johan because he he got a pair and then he was like <laughs> he just i was asking him about him and he was like he was like, you know, someone asked me if I wanted them. I didn't want to chase them too hard. So I just like hung back and then they sent them to me anyways. And I feel like he was telling me that I like tried too hard <laughs> to get free stuff, which is true. I do not. You got to ask. Yeah. Unless I do you're not. Yohan. <laughs> yeah. I do not attract. I chase. <laughs> We're going to get back on track here. We know that the seasons are changing. You are in our DMs. You are you are begging for a crumb of knowledge on how to dress in this new season. And Reed and I are only too happy to oblige. Maybe your maybe your DMs. 
they're they're knocking on Reed's door because we doxed him about that uh, that festival outside of his house. So they that's what happened. <laughs> um, and we were th- thinking about we wanted to talk sweaters, sweaters, sweatshirts. That integral first, you know, stage in the seasons changing. One and, of my favorite um, garments. Period. Oh, I know. And I know that you're un- yeah, you've probably unpacked your vacuum bags, right? Of your sweaters? Actually, no. So that was like, this is like our first week of sub 60 temperatures. And it's like decided to be like, hey, what's up? We're going sub 50. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been a little busy. So I haven't been able to uh, sift through the wreckage that is my storage spaces in my apartment um, to unearth that stuff. But uh, I do keep like a few sweaters that'll like like warm sweaters out year round just for times like times like these some like some of those rogue days and then otherwise i just like stick with the cotton ones the linen ones have kind of run their course at this point um which is absurd that i am categorizing like this this deeply about sweaters but yeah no i've been like not only lusting after shit online and in person because uh i have a an unchecked problem but um I've also been like lusting after shit that's presumably either under my bed or in these like weird little crawl spaces <laughs> I have above my door. Almost certainly in your possession already. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, like I know, like there's a couple ones that I'm like, like I want to get my fucking tennis sweater out so goddamn bad. Like it is, I just I want it out now. But TSS did one this year that's just green and white that is so goddamn good. Oh um, yeah, it's really good. It's just like. I think who has it? Oh, Digital Mountain. Uh, our favorite people in Japan. Uh, I love ordering from them because you get a separate invoice for your shipping like four days later. Um, oh, it's wild, but it's the best. It's the best product assortment, like, period. I don't like it's my favorite thing to look around. Um, We've but never yeah, they, talked about Digital Mountain before. We put it on the site every once in a while, like James, I feel like we'll, we'll assign out some pieces from there. It's the wonder mountain, uh, web store, but it's just got like the coolest assortment and their TSS by this year is fuck killer. And there's a green, uh, tennis sweater with these, like with the white trim that is so good. And it's made of wool. So it's gonna be warm and toasty. I imagine I'm going to mm. be a little scratchy cause like they don't really care over there. But, um, like Takuji just doesn't give a shit. He's just like, yeah, it looks cool. But, um, and you famously do not like a scratchy sweater. I don't. So I want to feel it in person. And like, I'm, I'm hoping this thing lands stateside somewhere because returning it, uh, through digital mountain sounds like a fucking quest. Like David is currently on. Like I might have to deliver it by hand. You have to do it on foot. Yeah. For those of you guys who may not know, I think a, a tennis sweater is sometimes also called a cricket sweater. It's typically that that uh, that like deep V-neck sweater. One of the only acceptable V-neck contexts, I would argue. Would you say so, Reed? So I've been wearing like a few V-necks, but just like massive. Like I've been like like they're just huge, like sweaters, sweater wise. Oh, I mean, sweaters! Sweater- yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the context, not tennis sweaters specifically. Yeah, tennis no, no, sweater, no, no, no. sweaters, sweaters and vests are the V-neck. Uh, I think that's the where the list starts and stops. I mm-hmm. feel like uh, I feel like outside of that, like t-shirts. 
you're just like really treading on the Spencer Pratt Laguna Beach era, or I guess like that's the Hills era, but like line, I feel like mm-hmm. I don't even know if he wore them, but it's just that era. I don't, even, I don't know why I'm dragging his name into the mud crystals, but <laughs> yeah, like I think that that's, there's like, there's probably notable exceptions, but yeah, that's like, that's real. Even if you're buying like a basketball for a while, the NBA decided to go V neck inexplicably with these like Whoa. weird cutoffs. Doesn't make fucking sense. Don't do that one. Oh, you know what? Actually, I take it back. The one place where it kind of works is the pullover mm-hmm. batting practice jersey, like the vintage one. Oh, like yeah. If you find like a batting yeah. practice jersey, then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's usually like uh, a collared shirt should go through it or it's for like ease of pulling over your head, right? Like. Yeah. Those things. Um, okay, so that's a kind of. That's up there on your list. That's a kind of sweater that you like. Oh, sorry. So the tennis sweater usually has a trim around the V-neck and at the and at the ends of the sleeves, right? Yeah, and then depending, sometimes the hem. Sometimes the so hem it's too. like so it's like cuff, cuffs mm-hmm. and neckline always hem. Sometimes I think, but yeah, it's usually mm-hmm. just like either a one or two color situation, one or two bars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah usually a far bigger V than normal, or it's got like a accentuated ribbing that gives it the appearance of a larger V. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that too. Yeah. It's leaning into like the fucking Kennedy Martha's vineyard motherfucker look like it is. But at the same time, I do think that like the, the way that the whole grunge thing like subverted the cardigan pretty, um, efficiently like i think there's oh. a way i think there's a way that like the tennis sweater doesn't have to be taken like full ivy or like full on you know do you know who my father is and yeah. um i think it looks really cool out of that context yeah and that and i think that's totally like uh that's you know i think the pants you choose can really can really do something like i think like any kind of like work pant any army surplus pant putting that with this kind of like Ivy classic. I think there's a lot of, there's a really fun tension there and that's a good, that's a good one. Um, okay. So you read, so what are kind of besides the fact that, you know, you love a tennis sweater, what are some other things that you look for in a sweater being the sweater gourmand that we know you to be? I think I'm still like somewhat on my, I was completely wrong by the way. This TSS sweater is, uh, not at digital mountain. It is at my other repository North store oh. is where, is where it's existing. Uh, they're calling it a cricket sweater as well. Mm. Um, so I'm wrong on like four levels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for folks looking for it at home, that is where it is existing. I am mohair saturated. Uh, I have two mohair sweaters. That's enough. Um, both of them are kind of loud. I kind of wish one of them was more subdued. Although like the Mon Italy one is like dark multicolor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I am, I, I highly recommend one both for like warmth and for, uh, uh, comments potential. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. like it's like, it's a high yield on that. People are like, oh damn, I like that sweater. Even if they're like inside, they're like, that guy looks like a Muppet. Um, <laughs> I feel like, 
I feel like you do like people are like, they like want to like rub it. It's like, it's, it's one of those fun ones. If you don't like, if yeah. you do not like people touching you though, don't buy mohair ever. Um, <laughs> it's they're just, it's like a moth to a flame, but, um, <laughs> I like that. I, I will say I kind of like right now. I like go like a ribbing at the bottom. Like I like a loose ribbing, but if it's going to be oh, tight, okay. I like it big. So I can kind of like, not like tuck it like on my fucking Noah all tank shit. But like, it does fold over nice, which I like. It gives like a little drape. Yeah. Um, I've got this three sixteen rib sweater that I adore. Um, shout out Gabe for making me size that at a medium, not a large, because it is stretched full stop to a large, maybe mm. bigger. Um, but it's like perfect. It's exactly where I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I like that. I like. I feel like I like a saddle shoulder or like a non conventional shoulder of some kind mm-hmm. on a sweater um, just because that does allow you to size it as, as you wish without it, like getting all droopy and droppy on there. Like sometimes I like a drop shoulder. Absolutely. But uh-huh. other times it's like other times, like when it sits in the middle and it's not like truly dropped, it's like, that's just big. So um, is, where does a saddle shoulder sit on your. So like a saddle shoulder is not like truly a rag. I think Margaret Howe does hers in like saddle shoulder construction where oh. it's just like, it kind of like, it's almost like a football jersey, but like it like ducks down. So like it follows your oh. collarbone basically oh, like it. on either side. Yeah. So it's not like, it doesn't like emerge from the armpit, like a raglan sleeve would, got but it, it, like got it. it kind of follows your, your collarbone a little bit down. So like it, it just has a softer role. Um, mm-hmm. which again, I just like for the sizing potential. Um, I love, uh, I'm trying to think what else we got, but you, and you're fun. You don't like, you have, you're like a cashmere. Like it has to be not just like straight wool. Right? No, I mean, I do love a cashmere sweater. I was very fortunate to be able to buy a bunch of them for like criminally cheap, uh, at various points in my Mm -hmm. life. So I love those. Uh, but like I fuck with the Merino. I fuck with like, whatever people call like a cotton cashmere at J crew. Like that's usually actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I really do like cotton sweaters. It's just in the winter. They're not super effective for sure. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I truly think that like a cotton knit, like those are some of my favorite things that I own. I have one from Howlin. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, Howlin. I don't know if anyone else does. I'm sure they fucking do, but Howlin uses this wool called Geelong G E E L O N G. I feel like we- yeah. yeah, we've hit on this and it feels like I know people are always like, oh, it's soft. It's like it truly exists between fucking Merino and cashmere. Like it's that soft. Um, mm-hmm. It's not quite cashmere, but they brush the hell out of it. So it feels really good. Um, it pills up a little bit. So like if that's what you're scared of, don't fuck with it. I think that pilling looks great personally, but um, as long as it's not like. I mean, there's like a point when it doesn't, but I do think like pilling is cool. Um. I don't mind like an authentically distressed sweater, but you're running some seriously dangerous territory if you want to keep that thing in rotation. Yeah. And then once, I mean, like I had a very beloved J, J. crew sweater through college. And then once it started to go, it was just like, it really starts to go and I tried to repair it. And it's just like, yeah, it's, I mean, I love when a sweater starts to come apart a little bit, but then yeah, you're kind of, you're done. So, yeah, what what are you looking for in a sweater? That's a good question. I I I was sent a sweater from this brand called No Nationality, and it's like a really big. 
It's like a big stripy crew neck. It's kind of a mohair fuzzy look to it. I just feel like I want to be like swaddled in like a big crew neck of some sort. I just want to be. But it's rare that I that we have weather that accommodates that. So I guess it has to be a cotton sweater. Um, I have a very good cotton cardigan from uh, 316 uh, that uh, is like really big and really soft and just like a great catch-all layer. Um, but yeah, I like a cardigan, obviously. I just... My gripe with sweaters and and sweatshirts and everything is I always feel like they're too long. And and then I do like kind of like a tight ribbing, but it's just like rare that everything is right in this because I feel like if the ribbing is kind of tighter then you want it to be kind of boxy elsewhere and kind of gathered at the bottom. Um and then yeah, it's just it's so rare that I find a sweater that like really checks all the boxes. Um there was one from Son of a Tailor that was actually quite good. It was like black and like kind of like a waffle knit, but it was like a wool sweater. Um, that one was very good. Yeah, it's just, it's hard. Like, you know, those little details like the collar, the, and then in terms of a sweatshirt, man, I don't know. It's been, it's been hot here still. It's like, I haven't even been able to like dig in. I have so many sweats. Um, once you start, uh, gaining some, uh, gaining some online clout. Everybody sends you their fucking worst fleeces, <laughs> and then you're just your closet is full of like totally mid sweatshirts. So I haven't had a good new pair of new sweatshirt in a in a minute. We've so. developed the perfect T-shirt. Let us tell you why. <laughs> most T-shirts, most uncomfortable thing in your wardrobe. Ours not like this is like true like this side ramp. But like, when the fuck did T-shirts become so difficult for people? Like, why is that like why sweatshirts? It's like, I feel like those are the things that like the least thought it's like, I stole this from someone in my life was how most people got their favorite sweatshirt before. Like, I don't even remember who the first one was that did like the quote unquote perfect sweatshirt. And it's like, I don't know, man, how hard was it to find? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was such like a thing for a while there, right? Like the hack the, the wardrobe. Yeah. But even just like, you know, like we were on our like loop wheel Japanese hoodie, you know, like ever like we it was like, I have to have the most expensive version of this or else I'll fucking shit my pants. Like, I- <laughs> so I still ride for those like some of those things, because like my metric on it is just like in the wintertime, if you're in a cold weather place, like that's probably the thing you're going to wear the most. Wear a tuxedo if you invest like $1,500 to like 3000 whatever, fucking $5,000. i am like Lucille Bluth, but with tuxedos. <laughs> um, it's like, what do you wear three times a year max? And it's yeah. like, buy the ho- like rent the tuxedo, buy the hoodie that you're going to be wearing like every day if it actually works. But I think like, I also own this Anatomica hoodie that is like a platonic ideal of a hoodie. It's great. I fucking mm-hmm. hate it. It's like, it's got some goofy ass like proportion things going on. It's too tight at the ribbing. It's got this gusset thing. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. my Uniqlo $15 hoodie from 2016, which has holes in the elbows is my favorite hoodie. I have maybe ever owned. And like, so I don't, it, it hasn't stood the test of time because there's holes in the elbows, but like 
man, does it make me rethink some of those, like the sturdiness factor, because it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you just want, like, you want something comfortable when you're in comfort. It's like, yeah, first off, I don't want to break in a fucking t-shirt or a hoodie or a swing mm-hmm. crew neck. Like I don't want to, mm-hmm. there's no break in time needed. I want that thing to be as comfortable as it needs to be when I pop the tag. But mm-hmm. then like, you know, it's like, oh no, but like, you know, it'll get better with age. It's like, will it? I don't know. Like who cares? Yeah. I mean, my, my I have a black strike gold crew neck from my self edge days that I wore all the time. It's great. I sized up. I got another one in gray and I sized down for some reason. And it's just like, it's like, like there's no, it's not fun to be in a tight, heavy sweatshirt. Like even if you're layering, it's like, what the fuck was I thinking? And, but like, you know, my, my probably most worn in t-shirt was just like a random one I got before I went to college. It says Vassar on it. And it's like, you know, like probably it's not even that nice. I just, I wore it a ton. It still fits. It's like, it looks good. Um, yeah. I mean, I still believe in that stuff too. I still ride for that stuff, but it's just like, no, I mean, it is just an interesting, like now that I've sort of lived out the, the timeline on it, like now that we're getting into it, because it's like, I talk about how I run my save khaki t-shirts that I've done them for like damn near a decade, not quite, but like Mm -hmm. close to, and some of them are still in rotation that long. Like, they're mm-hmm. just still holding up, no holes, even though it's the thinnest cotton. Like, it's great. Mm-hmm. But then I also wear Hanes the other times. And it's like, I don't know mm-hmm. which one I, like, I don't even really, like, think about which one I'm grabbing first when I reach into the drawer. You know, it's like, it's like either of these will work and I'll figure out the mm-hmm. sort of, like, fit discrepancies between them. But they mostly fit the same the way I buy them. And, and so, yeah, like, the, this Chamala crew neck I own, I, I love. Like, I think it's, like, one of the best crew neck sweatshirts i've ever had i've had it again for forever and i think it's great i have no idea if it's gotten better with age i'm like i think i loved it when i bought it um but i've worn it into the ground it's great my i had an ex-girlfriend that shrunk my mers black crew neck i think on purpose so she could have it oh no it was a smart move it was crafty it was crafty um i respect i respect the hustle to be like she was rocking the hell out of it, but was like rolling the sleeves all the time. And then like, just like one day she was like, Oh no, I accidentally washed your sweatshirt. And I think I might've shrunk it. And I like put it on. I was oh, like, no. Oh yes, this one shrunk. But like, I highly recommend a MERS crew neck. Like those things are like the way I will tell people to steer the fuck clear of the t-shirts, <laughs> like hop into a crew neck and enjoy yourself. Just size it up a little bit and do not dry that thing. You know, you know, if we give you a MERS recommendation, it's real because we are the quickest to take a shit on their other products. Oh um, my God. Instantly. Like, mm-hmm. but that, that crew neck is so good. Like it is yeah. just, it's so fucking good. I'm not a huge fan of their hoodies with the weird little pockets, but. Oh, the weird little pockets. Yeah. No, I, I, I have a, I have a hard time with hoodies. I, I wish, I wish somebody would just make the perfect hoodie. I wish some brave soul, maybe one that I could fit my iPad in. Say perfect hoodie (laughs) one more fucking time. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like, yeah, the difference between my, my shitty non Japanese made sweatshirts is that they don't smell like mildew. And I feel like my Japanese ones, cause I can't dry them. I hang dry. I do everything right. And I, I get that weird musty smell. And then like, I'm like, I put on my strike and I'm like, Ooh, I look good. But then I'm like, Oh, I can 
I can smell myself. I just, those are like really thick hoodies and sweatshirts that you can't dry. I don't know what the secret is. I've like tried every which way to like get him to not be that way, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I just, I mean, I love like, yeah, I'm with, like, I love it. I love them both is what I kind of learned. Like I was always the biggest advocate of like, buy the things that you wear the most, the nicest. So like t-shirts, hoodies, like those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think that there's like, there does become this pursuit of perfection with those like garments that it's just Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know what, like, first off we're changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, second off, it's just like those things in my opinion, look better when there's like something, there's some sort of corrective happening, whether that's like you roll your sleeves well, right. And like you tuck well, Mm -hmm. which basically turns fit into a non like a non, almost like a non sequitur on that. It's like, I don't care how it fits. Like who the fuck care? I like the graphic on it because I'll be able to fix it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's like, for me, I just go bigger with everything because it tends to be easier. Like it just like works more often. Every once in a while I run into one that's just like too big and I'm like, whoops. Um, currently I've got one and I'm just like, man, I like this shirt. Do I get it hemmed? But but yeah, so like I think that like it becomes a more exacting pursuit though with the more expensive the good in that regard where it's just yeah. like you you become a little more like you try to become a little more precise with like with the fit which then leads you to like probably like more investment emotionally into the piece which makes it like you know like it, I don't know like I think there's just like a lot more going on there than I, than I sort of anticipated in a lot of ways where it's just like, I wish there was sort of like the emotional involvement I had with Haynes. Yeah. But it's kind of like, like it's that it's, but it's like that problem with like the really fancy selvage denim or, um, with, with, um, like fancy boots, you know, it's like you're trying to find this perfect version of a thing and it's going to take years to make it good. But like you circle back, I think with t-shirts, you circle back because it's like, a nice t-shirt is obviously nice, but then you can take a break from it. Like I've re- I've been revisiting all these super thrashed old lady white co shirts I've had since college. And I probably didn't wear them for like two years. They're just in my closet. And I tried them on. I'm like, there's t- like the collar is super frayed and they're tearing at the armpit. But I'm like, these are so sick. Like, yeah, that's great. It, and that was worth it. Like, so I guess like, yeah, with t-shirts, you can kind of put them in and out of rotation. But those super big ticket items, it's hard to like have the patience or forethought because if you start to not fuck with them, you're like, oh, maybe I should put this on Grailed um, and try and like flip it into something new when it's probably more prudent to just like hold on to it till till it comes around again or whatever. And what's funny, too, is once you hit that stage, you can I mean, like and I'm sure like plenty of you out there do this from Jump Street and I respect the shit out of that. But like, I think there's also like a level of preciousness that belies some of the nicer, like, you know, like, like a t-shirt should be able to be something that handles a stain or like whatever, like, you Mm -hmm. know, like there shouldn't be like a no go. It's like, oh no, this is too nice. I can't, it's like, uh, my Mm -hmm. t-shirt's too nice for blank situation. Like should not be something you're ever really thinking. No, no. But I do think that like, yeah, like what you're talking about, like the farther away you get from it. And the less precious you get from it, you can, or with it, you can actually start enjoying it a little bit more. And like, too, it's, it's like, it's weird to be like the intent of this $300 MSRP Chamala sweatshirt was to be worn like any other sweatshirt. It's like, really, was it like, are are you sure? Because most sweatshirts, like, 
you know, you can find between 15 and $60 that are like decent quality, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. are what was, you know, it's like, are you sure this was, cause if this thing tears while I'm wearing it like that, like I'll feel like an idiot kind of, but it's like, once you sort of get down the line from it and you stop, you know, it's like, once you stop treating those lady whites, like lady whites, like they probably got infinitely better. Oh yeah. And I think like, you know, and also like for the benefit of the listeners, like who are still thinking about denim, like honestly the best like experience I've had breaking in a pair of jeans, a new pair of jeans in the last like two years has been just a pair of like cheap Wranglers like that retail for like 40 bucks. And just cause the fit is really solid and they work in so many contexts. So it's like, and I'm like, I'm wearing a really nice pair of jeans right now that I almost never wear uh, a pair of freewheelers jeans from uh, Highway Blues, the uh, Bobby Bobby Milwaukee's new store um, in New Orleans. But um, yeah, like I mean, these are good. I actually want to commit myself to fading them. But like, yeah, it, it just goes either way, right? And it's like you need a balance in your life. You need to. You can't have one without the other, kind of thing. I don't know. Do you want to do you want to on the topic of jeans? Do you do you want to talk about this new trend I've been noticing? Let's do it. Blowout. Okay, audience, this may shock you. This may shock you as lovers of of the denim and as faders of the jeans. But I have been noticing that Big raw jeans might just be cool. And like, you know, I I don't mean like, obviously big pants are cool. Like we all know that. And we know that like raw denim is cool, but you know, I'm seeing this movement, at least here in LA of a lot of like really kind of like fashionable, cloudy, cool people wearing really big, unfaded that's kind of the big caveat here raw denim it's got that kind of like what were you gonna say reed oh say so are like they stacking them or are they are no. they are they like hmm. flat, are they pooling are they what, what's going on with them i've seen it both ways i've seen like a really clean break uh which looks good and then i've seen yeah like a like slightly stacked on like a sort of slim silhouette sneaker or um I, I and I it's it's pretty like gender neutral. I've seen women doing it. Sometimes women will stack more. Uh I, I it's just I've been seeing all kinds of people wearing it. And I'm just kind of like wondering if this may be um kind of like the pen like it may be a gr- different group of fashion people uh for whom the pendulum is kind of swinging back. You know, like where a lot of our contemporaries like, you know, five, 10 years ago started like rocking raw denim because we understood there was this overconsumption and all this stuff was arbitrarily distressed. And I wonder if it's like that is happening for this new group of like, sort of like pseudo LA rich kids, you know, that weren't like really up on that first wave. And I don't even think these jeans are salvage. I think they're just, they are made in the U S but that's also kind of telling too. Cause that means like probably no cuff that also is like, where do you get salvage denim made in the U S anymore? Nowhere. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, I just, I don't know. You have, you said that you've maybe noticed this a little bit too from LA people in New York. I mean, I've noticed it. I think like maybe not exclusively on the bi-coastal, like people who are like quote unquote bi-coastal, but like I have been, like I've got people on my feed that have been showing up wearing like, and they usually will call attention to it for whatever it's worth. Like they'll like shout it out being like, yo, I'm wearing denim again. What up? But it's not like, or like raw denim, but it's like, it's like hearkening back more toward like the Avisu, like, but like classic mm-hmm. Avisu mm-hmm. or like the, uh, almost like the fit or profile of like those like Roka wear or echo jeans and shit like that. Like kind of mm-hmm. like where it's like pretty big and like quite a bit of stack, like not maybe like, yeah, like some decent amount of stacking to the mm-hmm. point where you're like, man, if that's like how it locks in, those are going to be some very weird fades. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's almost like it's like a, it's a color that's like not offensive to the people who are wearing a lot of black crowd mm-hmm. still. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. Yeah. I guess I could dip back into raw denim. Um, but yeah, I have been noticing it. It's like mostly, it's mostly on that wave. Like I noticed it first with this, um, artist buddy of mine, Leon Zhu, who's been like rocking like a ton of Avisu, just like classic Avisu shit. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty consistently yeah. for a while. And it like, it looks really cool. I, I couldn't fucking run it. He's from San Francisco originally. So like, there's like that bi-coastal influence. Like, um, but yeah, I've been. I've been noticing the raw, the raw denim pop up a little bit. And I think, I mean, I think like I optimistically, it'd be cool if it was about like overconsumption. I think it like has something to do with tacking into that look, but also doing it in a way that's not like completely saturated by like a woke vintage in the city or like in New York city or whatever the big spot, you know, like American rags denim section or whatever is going on in LA for that thing where it's just like all the same fade. Like, I don't know if I even mentioned this on pod, but I was at a Yankees game in like April or May uh, with one of my buddies. And I was like looking around and like laughing. I was like, yo, every single one of these girls has the same wash on their fucking jeans. Yeah. You said that. Yeah. And then like my buddy was like, you have the exact same fucking pants on you idiot. And I like looked down. I was like, oh no. But yeah. So like, these are Orslo. They're not the same. I was like, I had these for years, man, bro. I liked them before. But like, You know, I mean, like you have that like moment where it's like, well, fuck, this is the silhouette I'm comfortable with. But like, also, is there a way to branch it out? So like, I've been wearing these, like, I got a pair of Chamalas that are like sulfur dyed. They're black like years ago. So I've just been running those again. Um, like most of the summer, if I've been like wanting to do jeans and like, I'll still wear the Orslo ones like quite a bit, but it's like, it's definitely not like the daily driver, like it had become, but it's also letting them win. No, but see, the thing is, is some kind subconscious, I think, because I wasn't oh, wearing okay. them that much until they started winning. Like, I think in my head, it was just like, even if you're not directly biting, mm-hmm. you're pulling like your mind is telling you to wear from for some reason. And it's like, it's probably because I've been seeing this more or I saw mm-hmm. it on someone that I like, you know, it's like I've had those jeans. They've fallen in and out of rotation like four times. And so sorry i said a thought about where this may be coming from this trend because i was trying to think like like you know there's i think maybe it's a reaction against like vintage going so mainstream you know like everyone having thrash car hearts everyone having whatever and then kind of the next level of that is that like people who are really obsessed are trying to get new old stock dead stock whatever and that like, cause I feel like what happens in the vintage market with like the very intense people often 
kind of like bubbles through to the the zeitgeist more broadly and maybe that's what's informing it and definitely like kind of that old school like hip-hop avisu like keeping my shit super crispy stuff is there too yeah i mean and for whatever it's worth i think that like this one has got a far like lower ceiling than like raw denim in general like the apc new standard era. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah because like those like as much as people like like within the industry like i feel like sort of scoff at that era like it's pretty impressive that a pair of pants that look like that looked that good on that many people with like yeah, that varying true. body types like that like it, it might not like look good in like a quote-unquote like on trend or like fashion sense now but it's like hard to deny that like basically everyone who put on those jeans to a limit like looked pretty good. You know, like and it's like Yeah. And that so many people like invested the time in that to make it look good. Like that's I don't know what it would take for that many people now to work that hard. Like at least these like jeans we're seeing are big and like you could wear them oversized and be comfortable. Like and have yeah. it not like same thing here. Like, I don't think that I would get them super slim. I obviously would not get them super slim. So yeah, I just like, it would be so crazy to get that many people to work that hard and like suffer that much for the vibe. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I just think that like, there's too much, like I always talk about it, but like the potential for, for failure with the big ones is so much higher than the, it is on the skinny jeans. You know, it's like ultimately like, I felt like those, like one of the reasons they took off was because it was like, yeah, that does make sense. Like it does look like the same way that like when bigger t-shirts started being worn with shorts by everybody, like when people like mm-hmm. sized up their shorts and the or t-shirts in the summertime, I'm like, yeah, they look better when they're not like painted on. This makes sense why everyone is doing this for the most part. But yeah, I mean, I think that's like sort of the ceiling that exists with the big, the big raw jeans is that like you can very easily look like a fucking chump yeah. wearing those things where most people who invested in their first pair of like, uh, what was the Telesin slim one? Um, Oh, the, it had a name, like a man's name. And Cara was the big one. Um, it was like the John Graham or something. Yeah. The John Graham Miller or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. like, but whoever, like when you would invest in those, like the person would be like, man, these aren't very comfortable. But like a couple weeks later, like if they were around the store, I feel like they'd always come back and be like, I love the way these look. You know, like, and it's just like, there was like very, like, it was like, if you could sort of stomach the discomfort with all those, like that era, it was going to go well for you. Like, especially like Mm -hmm. with the silhouettes of everything else, people were wearing boots and like all the sneakers were designed for skinny jeans, like blah, 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 blah. But, um, I think these, it's like, you have to actually buy in a little harder to the look to make it pop. Like, like, I don't even know if I've got the footwear versatility in my collection and I have a million pairs of shoes to like truly do like a break on or uh, like a stacking on some wide raw denim. Like I think I would like, it's like, man, I feel like I would need to go out and then I'd feel like cosplay if I was like rocking like some fucking like high forces again, or, you know, like whatever's going to look good in those. I feel like you could stack them on, on your, on your whales bond or sambas. You might be able to, but they're so tiny, man. Like you, you, you're like risking looking like the fucking corporate counsel who's like shoot, like pants accidentally cover his loafers because he just bought them too big. No, no, that's, that's elite stacking. That's when I, I love, I, I'm like, I am, I've never been at much of a stack 
guy. But since I've gotten all these like kind of diminutive little sneakers, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to snack on these little, these little fuckers. Cause they're just, it's just something about it. That's like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is. I like it more that way. Cause I feel, I feel weird about, uh, yeah, I just, I have a hard time with like a hefty sneaker. Obviously that makes more sense for more people, but for me, I like the, the little guys. So there was like, there was this entire thing back in, I don't even know when this was from, but like it had to have been like mid aughts and then like way before, but like Nike talk was a big forum back in the forum days, like in the same way as uh-huh. like super future style forum or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but there was an entire like separate category. I think like style forum used to fucking roast them called NT denim, which was like Nike talk denim. And it was just like people who would be wearing great shoes with like the worst fucking on like <laughs> break styling you've ever seen in your entire life like it just like it ruined everything about it and that's that's the era that like we're veering into a little bit with this so it's just like i don't know like that's where i like i get like a little concerned with like just the potential in that regard you think we're we're heading towards a, a catastrophe a disaster yo i mean we're always teetering you know like for whatever that's worth but like mm-hmm. you know like there's just like there's just such a high chance for you to look like uh, a the subject of a blog, like a Tumblr post. Well, I think I'm waiting on I'm waiting on some paychecks. The funny thing about freelance work is they can just not pay you for like months <laughs> afterwards. But I'm waiting on some paychecks, and I want I do want to get a pair. So Carson Watch is the jeans brand, at least in LA, that is really kind of running this look. And they're not super big. They got on Essence recently. Um, I really like it. It's Car- so Carson spelled like it sounds C-A-R-S-O-N watch W-A-C-H like Bach, but Wach. watch. I don't appreciate know. the I, clarification. I would have put a T in there. Well, do, do we want to touch on our, on yay or do we, are we running out of time here? I like that you're calling, you're calling him by his, by his chosen name now. Sure. I just feel, well, you touch on it for, for a couple minutes. It's like I mean, it's the yeah. biggest. It's like it's the biggest. It's the biggest. Did something happen recently? Or <laughs> no, you know, just just he's just a, just a normal guy. Just not. I. It's funny. It's just uh, this is a funny thing I'm thinking about. You know, I to me he'll always be Kanye West, but I just like. I always feel like if somebody wants to be called, you know, this is like the, this is the, 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 the discourse on pronouns and everything. It's like, if somebody wants to be called something, I want to, oblo- you know, I don't know that, that yay is not always coming from a good place when, when he demands things of the people. So I don't want to compare those to drastically different situations, but I do. I always want to like try and respect when people are asking for something, but I mean, we have, I think, a right to be uh, a little cynical about about the artist formerly known as Kanye West. So, do you know you know what he did, right, Reed? You were, I'm sure, you're up on all that. Oh yeah, this has been this has been. Uh, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think that, like, straight up, it's like I don't. As like a as a white dude, I don't think it's like there's a need for me to comment on on like the shirt in particular or whatever that he and Candace Owens were rocking. Like, I'll leave that like that like obviously it's fucking wrong and stupid but it's like i'll leave that debate for for folks to like parse out um elsewhere I, like see, i think Pit- that pitbull would never have pitbull would never have done this ever at his but concert 
that I saw. He said, there's only one kind of person. It doesn't matter what color you are. It's only music. You know, he said something like that. So, <laughs> Which is tight because music isn't a person. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I respect the fucking framing. But no, I mean, I think like ultimately like people were talk- like talking about this, like this whole thing is like sort of like a troll. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, they were trying totally. to like let it pass as a troll, but like my thing is, is like there's a constant contradiction with what he's trying to do and what he's doing. Like trolls are nihilists by nature, right? Like they want chaos and they sort of want like an absence of power, not to fill the void, but they, they, they just want, they just want chaos. Like that's the whole point of a troll. Like there can be they trolls. They just want to like, watch the world burn. Exactly. Like trolls, but like trolls yeah. can like have outcomes outside of their troll personas, but they can't link themselves. Like, right. Like mm-hmm. you need a troll farm in Russia. That's not connected to that shit to do what you're doing elsewhere. Sure. But like he's doing personal trolling while also trying to establish himself in an incredibly fickle and hard to crack industry. And uh-huh. I think that it's like, yo man, either you're a troll or you want to do this, like, which is like, both are like completely valid paths, I guess. It just seems like it's like, it's silly to even like debate these things as like, vi- like it's like, or like the artistic merit because it's like, A, there really is none. He's not making a statement, right? Like it's like, if he wanted to criticize sort of like, you know, ineffectiveness of movements or whatever, like there's plenty of ways to do it without like glomming on to a specifically like, you know, white supremacist message in that regard. But like, mm-hmm. I think, just in general to like the whole vibe, it's just like there's absolutely zero direction or like the strategist in me is like, what is the desired outcome motherfucker? You know, it's like, what, like, what are you hoping for in this? Because it's like, if you're hoping to make a clothing brand for the world, you've just really made a lot of the world mad and probably Mm -hmm. not too thrilled with your clothing brand Mm -hmm. to make what point. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, that's, I think that's where I'm just sort of like, it, it seems like it's just at this point, it's more clear than ever that whatever is going on is all talk with zero commitment to action where it's just like, he says he wants to create a brand that's going to like, it's like Yeezy hasn't sold in stores for how many fucking years. He just like keeps releasing quote unquote collections. It's like, you know, it's like, at this point, it's just like, it's someone who just like wants to talk about something they want to do without actually like taking the time to think about like what it needs to get done. And when it like doesn't get done, there's all sorts of like weird accusations. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Because so for the audience, you know, Reed and I had already kind of allotted a moment in the show today to talk about, because I was really curious about the sort of drama with Gap and with Adidas. Cause I've just been thinking a lot about, you know, where does, where did the sort of, where does the kind of uh you know the theat- where do the theatrics end and like the reality begins because i was really curious about like yeah because like this gap thing you know yay clearly kanye whatever clearly had this uh had some kind of unrealistic expectations like flagship stores at you know and like stuff that Gap is not going to be able to do. But then there were other things that he claims that he wanted, like making it all like 20 bucks, like really affordable and cheap. And which is probably not feasible. Uh, That was interesting because that was like one of the points, like before he like went on this most recent one, when he was on like CNBC or whatever, talking about it, like 
like him getting upset with them knocking it off wasn't the upset. Like he wasn't saying it was knocking it off. He was like, they sold it for the price point I wanted to sell it at. But the problem, like I know a bunch of people in fabric sales here and they were like, the fabric he used was really good fabric. You couldn't have priced it at 20. And if yeah. he's uncompromising the way he is with a lot of other things on that mm-hmm. type of stuff, he might've just metered out higher and it couldn't have been done. Like you were saying, where it's just like, there's probably mm-hmm. no way to have done it, even if you wanted to. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I mean, like, there's zero sacrifice and compromise willing to be had, which is awesome, I think, for an artistic vision. But like, the problem mm-hmm. is, is he has nothing to do with art anymore. It's specifically a consumer product. Yeah, and like, once you get into consumer products, then like, there is you lose artistic vision. Like, that's the thing. Like, you have to deal with production. If you're dealing with production, you can't. Yeah, you can't be on sac- like unwavering. You know, it's like even the most staunch like like i'm sure like even like raf when he was over at like dior or whatever was making compromises here and there because it's like ultimately you have to produce at scale which isn't right right you're beholden to the laws of your industry and you have to just abide by them um but i was also thinking like you know there is an aspect of like no matter like no matter who you are and no matter what your kind of expectations are I guess this you could think view this as compromise. But I feel like if you tangle with a company that big, you're going to get fucked a little bit. And I was just I was just like curious like maybe he is playing this up and maybe he wasn't really fucked over like maybe this is just like he he could very well just be saying he could be making this up as he sometimes does make shit up and just be stirring the pot for no reason. Um he maybe just wanted out, but like you know, it's like there is some kind of hubris to being like, and I think it is more about compromise and like rules and reality where you want to have this vision realized on the same huge scale and you want to do all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you still, there's like, you have to abide by like physics and gravity and, and like minimum wage and like stuff where, you know, people have to get paid and like, but then I also know he's beefing with Adidas now, but I like, I've heard that because he, his products make up such a significant portion of Adidas's sales that they don't really want to antagonize him. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think like there's like incredible s- skill and talent in regards to product development. Like, you know, I mean like the shoes, I can tell you because I know people at Adidas, the shoes sell crazy well. Um, like dumb well. They don't sell the way they used to, but they sell dumb well. Um, but like ultimately, you know, he's on he's on their production, not the other way around. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, I think like it's like one thing for me to say I want to write a book. It's mm-hmm. another thing to go through the process of writing the book doing the revisions, dealing, you know, like all these other things. And it's like, I think he has a lot of like, I want to do this. I want to do that. But like when it comes down to like, and I think like, you know, like Gap and Adidas probably got like the most out of it in that situation that you you possibly could. But there is like, there does seem to be like making clothes for every human on planet earth is bizarre and cult-like and fucking completely unfeasible. That's not an outcome. You know, it's like, that's not what someone's shooting. Like, it's like, so it's like, you want Wally? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, that's like, that completely defeats the purpose of why people like fashion. Like, people like fashion because it's individual. Like, you know, like, it, 
theoretically promotes individuality and taste and all this stuff. Like, why would you want everyone to be dressed the same? But, you know, like it just like it all sort of like it all seems to collapse in on itself the second you interrogate any of it. Sure. No, you're right. Well, as we say, I think that's a podcast. Any questions, comments, and concerns, hit us at blowout at heddles.com. Feel free to uh, DM us with further questions, comments, or concerns. You can do that with me at Edgy Albert. I'm at uh, Reed underscore Nelson. Did we decide that was the one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's your Instagram. I'm checking, but yeah, I think that's me. Uh, you can you can say what up to us in the Discord too. Albert's afraid of it, but I will say hi back. Yeah, please, please, uh, please, uh, like, subscribe, share the pod. Uh, we're trying to get our numbers up over here. And um, thanks so much for for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye.